I want to speak tonight on something which has been on my heart for some time, and it's very interesting, the word that Alan felt that the Lord had given her, and the prayer that she prayed, which was so powerful, and I was deeply affected by that, and just totally out of the blue, as it were, completely unexpected, I wasn't looking for that necessarily. And then Sally as well coming up and encouraging us in the fire of the Spirit and things like that. Because what I want to talk about tonight is I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about us being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, immersed in the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage us all to be filled, baptized, immersed. And we're going to give opportunity for you to be prayed for later on. I want to encourage us all to experience his presence and his power. I'm also going to encourage us in the prophetic, hearing God and speaking what he is saying. Steph Liston the other week came and spoke at one of our midweek celebrations, and he felt stirred to give us a prophetic word. As I was sitting there listening, some of it really resonated with me. I was weighing it up as he was speaking, and I've been thinking about it a lot and I've listened to the audio file several times, and I've read the transcript again several times. I've spoken with Neil and John and Richard Lodge about it, and we're kind of feeling the same kind of things. So I just want to quote from that prophetic word that Steph gave. Now, just remember, of course, that when you're speaking live, it's very different compared to how it's written down. So he said this, I felt like the image of the well bubbling up that Jesus spoke to a number of times, John chapter four, John chapter seven, this idea of a well springing up. It's a wonderful picture of what it is to be a disciple, this life of God living in us by his spirit. I feel that the Lord wants to draw your attention to that corporately and wants that to be an image that you live with, that you would do all that you do coming out of that internal flow of the Spirit. He further went on to say this, there's a deep well. As we were worshiping and praising, it's clear that there's a deep, deep well that's been dug here through years of prayer and years of faithful service to the Lord and just His grace. So those kind of things, when he was saying that, I was sitting there and internally I was saying, Amen, that is so true. I was so struck by it that he was expressing what is part of King's historical and ongoing DNA. The first building, in case you don't know it, that we met in was not called the King Center. It was called Living Waters. And King's Church in its early days was not called King's Church. It was called Living Waters Fellowship. Now, it's not about looking nostalgically back to a golden past, but it's holding fast to the fact that the DNA of the Holy Spirit is to affect our present and future as a church and as individuals. Now, to go back to the word that Steph said when he, quote, when he mentioned John 4 and John 7, in John 4, Jesus came to a well and wanted a drink, the Samaritan woman by the well. And he asked her for a drink, and they got in conversation. And she said, well, you haven't got a a bucket. How can the well's very deep? How are you going to get water out of here? And he replied, as Jesus often did, with something which was extraordinarily more profound than she'd ever anticipated. Jesus answered, John 4, 13, everyone who drinks this water, i.e. natural water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. 
Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So Jesus here, again, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, that this is something that he wants to give all his followers. And then again in John 7, verses 37 to 39, Jesus at this great festival stands up and he speaks and he says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Why did he say in a loud voice? He said in a loud voice because he wanted to get his message through and he wanted everybody to hear it. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So let me ask you a question at this point. Do you believe in him? Yes. So if you believe in him, he says, those who believed in him were later to receive the Holy Spirit. Now we know that Jesus has ascended to heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. And on the day of Pentecost and subsequently, he sent the Holy Spirit to be with his followers. That we might be empowered, we might be energized, we might be immersed, we might be baptized, we might be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is the genesis of this church. And not only is it the genesis of this church, but it has to be essential part of what we do as we go on. If we want to reach this community, if we want to reach Europe, if we want to reach the world, then we cannot possibly do it without the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you being, being filled with the Holy Spirit? Or has it just become a matter of routine? Now, there's nothing wrong with routine. God has put routine in his creation. But if it's, all, if it's only routine, then there's something radically wrong. We need to be those who thirst for the Holy Spirit and are filled with the Holy Spirit whenever we get the opportunity to do so. And it's great to have you here tonight. It's great to see so many of you come tonight. And I trust that you're going to be filled, if you haven't already been tonight, filled, baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, re-energized by the Holy Spirit, envisioned by the Holy Spirit. Because without Him, we can do nothing. In the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul is very unhappy with the church there as they are in danger of forgetting how they began. And he says to them some quite strong words. He says, are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? He's horrified by that thought. Now, the context there is very different to the context that we have here in some respects. Obviously, he was talking about the the disciples at that point in Galatia going back under the law and circumcision was part of that argument. People were saying, oh, you must come under the law. You must be circumcised. And Paul said, no, the church was birthed by the Spirit. We're under grace. We're not under law. Are we going to go back to the law? Are we going to go back to simply just doing the stuff without being empowered by the Spirit? No. And we don't want to be like that either. I'm not saying we are. But their case, he was warning them about it. See, our passion is that this church will continue to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen? After all, we're ordinary people. We don't exert much economic or political power. We certainly have no military power. And yet the word of God tells us that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Well, I trust in this 40 days of prayer that as you're praying and hopefully fasting from time to time, that you're praying 
that some of these strongholds will be demolished. Amen? In the lives of individuals, in the lives of communities, and in the lives of nations. That these strongholds will come tumbling down. But it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I, I don't know about you, but I've been really both inspired and challenged by the thought of the Jericho prayers. Now, I'm assuming some knowledge here if you've been following our prayer booklet. If you haven't, then please grab one at the end or grab one of us and ask us, what's, what are you on about when you talk about Jericho prayers? But in the days of Jericho, when the people had to take the city, the Lord said, walk around the city seven times, and then the last day, walk around another seven times, and then shout, and the walls will come tumbling down. And uh, John was encouraging us to have some Jericho prayers where we were just playing on a very regular basis. And I know that I've been challenged by that and inspired by that. And I'm praying for some walls to come down. I'm praying for some walls to come down in the lives of individuals. In fact, some of you sitting here, you might be surprised I might be praying for you. And I hope you're praying for me. Be great that the walls come down and that the power of God and the kingdom comes. The Spirit of God, we need him to do that. I can't change people's hearts. I can't do it. I can give advice. I can point people in the right direction. I can give them appropriate things to do and readings to do and so on and so forth. People to see, counsel to take. But I can't change people's hearts. And I can't change nations. I can't do it. I need the Spirit of God to be at work. We're ordinary people. But we're being changed by Jesus And it was the Spirit of God in the very beginning. He moved across the face of the deep. He moved across the darkness. And God said, let there be light. And God is still doing that today in our lives. By his Spirit, he is producing light. And it's the Spirit of God who shines a spotlight on Jesus so that he's glorified in our midst. One of the things that we always want to have here in King's Church High Wiggins, we always want to have Jesus central. It's like that magnificent cathedral that you see at night and it's all lit up spotlighted. The Holy Spirit comes and he illuminates Jesus for us. The lion and the lamb. I hope as we sang that song tonight, our God is the lion, the lion and the lamb. I hope that that triggered something in your heart. I hope that triggered something of faith. I hope that triggered something of expectation because that's who he is. And the Spirit comes and he illuminates who Christ is. So we need the Spirit to illuminate the reality of who Christ is. We need the Holy Spirit as well because he pours the love of God into our hearts. And if we don't experience a sense of the love of God in our hearts, then it just becomes a matter of routine. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to experience God's love again and again and again. We need the Spirit of God to give us an assurance that we are the children of God. Abba, Father, is the witness of the Spirit in our hearts. Do you have that witness? That the Spirit of God comes and he sheds abroad in your heart his love. And he gives you an assurance that you are a child of God. He gives you an assurance of where your destination is that you're going to be with him in heaven. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit comes and he gives us a confidence in God. I hope you're standing on that assurance of who you are in Christ. That you're not defined by anybody else ultimately. You're not defined by your family. You're not defined by your friends. You're certainly not defined by your enemies. But you're defined by Jesus himself. And I love that song as we sang it tonight. And I'm loved by you. Simple but profound. You're a good, good father. And I'm loved by you. 
I'm loved by you. That is what defines who you are. You're loved by him. And the Holy Spirit comes and he reassures us of this truth. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And another reason we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit is this. Because we leak. I don't know about you. I found it a hard day today. Very tough. It was a fast day as we've, you know, designated our fast day today. It was hard. I really found it very difficult. And so when I came tonight, I didn't have, I didn't feel the fire. But as we began to worship, something was rekindled in my heart. I realized I'd leaked. I'd leaked a lot in the last few days. And as Alan was praying, the Holy Spirit again came and re-energized me. We need to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna pray later on for those who would like it. Steph also said, point two, be prophetic, he said. He said, I feel like the Lord wants to particularly stir those of you that prophetically, particularly prophetically gifted, there may be, there's some prophets in the mix here and wants to bring a sense of importance and emphasis and underlining to that. In other words, he was saying, you're a prophetic people. And I remember a few years ago, Frank, who used to lead the church, gave a sermon, which I still remember. Certainly, I remember the headlines, and the headlines were this, are we pioneers or settlers? And he was saying that actually as a church, we're pioneers. We're not settlers. We're not people who are going to settle down to sort of cozy religious huddle. No, no, no. We have a destination. We have a vision. We're going somewhere. We're pioneers. And part of that is to have a prophetic edge. And it's something that we should be seeking and encouraging as we go along. Hearing God and speaking the now word of God. Paul encourages Timothy to fan into flame the gift given him. Has the Lord given you, and in fact, the apostle Paul says, yes, I want everybody to speak in tongues. Everybody had to have that wonderful edifying gift, but I want you even more to prophesy. Because when you prophesy, you build people up, you encourage them, you strengthen them. So Paul's saying, all of you can prophesy. Wow, that's incredible. For all shall know me, the Old Testament says, from the least to the greatest. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, well, it was probably last week in our staff prayer meeting, we got together in pairs and uh, I asked the staff, just share one of your Jericho prayers if you feel able to with someone else. And I was in a pair and uh, the person I was with, they shared their Jericho, one of their Jericho prayers with me. And as I was praying for them, I just had a little picture of what some aspect of Jesus and it was, simply it came to me, I'm the good shepherd. That was all it was. So I was praying, I said, oh, good shepherd, I'm the good shepherd. So I shared, I said, um, I feel Jesus wants to tell you, remind you, that he's the good shepherd. And as I said that, some other things started to come to me, and some more, and the picture got fuller, and bigger, and more came. And the more I shared, the more came. It was a bit like a wall with a small door in it. And as I opened the door, Jesus is the good shepherd, then I came into this garden, so sometimes what we need to do is we need to just step out in faith with the little that the Lord has given us. And who knows, he may well add more to what he's already given us. How can we fan into flame the gift that God has given us? Well, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? We need to be baptized. We need to be immersed. When you go into the pool here and get baptized in water, do you know it? Do you experience it? Or do you go into the water and come out and not recognize that you've been in the water? That's a daft question, isn't it? Yeah? So if you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, do you know it? 
Do you experience it? Of course you do. You know you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You know you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus gets completely illuminated to you. The Holy Spirit will reveal, <clears throat> lead you into truth about who he is. So we're going to give opportunity for you to be prayed for. Our desire as a leadership team is that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. I want to know the joy of the Lord is my strength. I want to bear the fruit of the Spirit. How about you? I want to have a confidence in God about where we're going. I want to be in that pioneering uh, party. I don't want to be settling down. And I was so encouraged. Someone coming into land very quickly now. I can't remember who it was. It was Richard, in fact. It was Richard. At, uh, <clears throat> he said about the latter years, didn't you? You said the over 50s. And it was funny you said that because when I was standing there, I had virtually the very same thing. That the older generation, hey, you older generation, now 50 is quite young, really. Let's face it. You know, come on. 50 is the new 40 or 35. Yeah, yeah, we know that, yeah. But anyway, you 50 pluses, come on. To quote uh, that famous saint, Delia Smith, Let's be Avenue. Where are you? Now, I appreciate you serve the church well, so bless you. But, you know, blessed are those in whose heart are the highways to Zion. I want to tell you, those of you who've been in the church sometime and you're in that age group, the best definitely is yet to come. You, and I'll tell you this, maybe outwardly wasting away, but inwardly being renewed. <laughs> Did I lose points? <laughs> Sorry about that. I include myself in that, of course. Uh, but the point is, the psalm says they go from strength to strength. Yeah? They go from strength to strength. So bless you. Richard's going to take up the lead now. I've spoken a little bit longer than I should have done. but So be filled. Yeah? If you've got a chance to be prayed for, jump at the chance.